Greetings, folks, and welcome to episode 23 of the Far Beyond Metal podcast. I'm your host and spirit guide on this metal journey, Daniel Cordova. In this episode, I talk with Einar Solberg of the band Leprous. Later, Jake from Umphreys McGee tells us about his first band, and I recommend the band Fucked and Bound. Before we truly get started, I'd once again like to encourage the folks and bands that are listening to email me their stuff at farbeyondmetaldan at gmail.com. I'm always looking for new stuff to feature, and I want to hear what you've got. Alright, so, shall we? Einar Solberg is the lead singer of the Norwegian progressive metal band Leprous. The band was once the backing band for the solo material of Ishan of Emperor. On their own, they have four albums out, and that number is about to be five with Melina. Einar and I discuss a new record quite a bit, as well as the progressive genre as a whole, his dislike for dentist visits, and much more. So before I begin my chat, here's some of Stuck from Melina from the band Leprous. This is Einar from Leprous Calling. Hi, how you doing, man? Yeah, very, very good. And you? Not too bad. Heard you were uh, caught up on a train. Where were you coming from? No, no, I'm not, uh, I'm not on the train. I was at a dentist office. Oh, how'd that go? Cavities, everything checking out? Yeah. Ah, just like uh, changing some old feelings. Good, good. Hopefully that went well. I'm not a big fan of the dentist. Eh, bad childhood memories. <laughs> Me neither, but uh, I've been there so often that I've gotten used to it now. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's unfortunate when that comes to conquer your like dislike of it, where it's just become so frequent. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, thank you for joining us on Dentist Cast. Uh, all right, so actually, um, yeah. <laughs> thank you for joining me on Far Beyond Metal. Uh, I'm a big fan of your band, and this has kind of been uh, one of those bucket list bands to get on here so uh thank you for joining me oh that's and, awesome and uh you guys are out talking about the new record uh melina um first mm-hmm. i just want to start off saying who or what is melina melina it means <clears throat> raspberries in uh, all slavic languages um and um, um the, the reason for that uh, peculiar name is um that I was in uh, my brother's wedding in Georgia, the country of Georgia, not the state. Uh, and um, and uh, we saw a very old woman that was uh, was walking around, um, like trying to survive with selling 
selling raspberries. Uh, she was like between 80 and 90 years old. And it was just one of those times where it made like a very big impression. And yeah, it made me feel very bad <laughs> seeing that old woman having to struggle around like uh, making a living out of selling fruit. And um, so and she was walking, saying Malina, Malina, Malina. Uh, and so I wrote the lyrics about it. And then it made a nice title. <laughs> it does make a nice title. I have to ask, though, did you wind up buying some raspberries? I, I, yeah, we did uh, buy raspberries from her. Um, uh, that being said, there were some worms in there. So <laughs> we're just like, it was more for the support than for the <laughs> for the taste. That's still good. That's so good of you guys. Yeah. Uh, does yeah. this feel like your fifth album doing le uh, with Leprous? Yeah, yeah. That's... Uh, as, um, time flies. <laughs> and how do you feel looking back on Tall Poppy Syndrome, uh, the band's first record? I don't recognize myself. <laughs> do you feel like if you were to play those songs, you're playing somebody else's songs now? And, and just like this younger and more stupid version of myself. Uh, <laughs> just like uh, that I, I, I remember him uh, very well and I remember how he thought and I'm just like, oh, really? Uh, <laughs> so it's just, we're pretty young back then. So it's it's 10 years ago we made the material for for Tall Poppy Syndrome. Um, it took a while to get it, like... It was um, the first year we were just searching for labels, so we actually made the, most of the material in 2007, so 10 years ago. So <laughs> it feels super distant, uh, but it's still, still, it's still with us, you know. It, it, it's, it was an important part of, uh, to, for us to step out in the international market and become like a professional band, but today I must say that it doesn't really hit my buttons anymore <laughs> you almost sound embarrassed of it does it make you cringe listening to it no absolutely not embarrassed just like i just don't think it's that good okay <laughs> uh in, in the press release for this album uh you're, you're just you're quoted as saying i believe that with this album we more accurately define ourselves as rock band rather than metal band are you prepared for the backlash that sort of statement is gonna yeah, in the I, I mean, it, it was obviously was like kind of a provocative uh, um, statement because there is still a lot of metal elements in our music. And, and honestly, I think when people hear the album, I think it's not going to be that much of a shock to them. Oh, really? They become the new ACDC or whatever. It's not, it's not like that. It's, it's still very much leprous. We just have much less gain on the guitars. Uh, but that doesn't make the music less heavy. It just makes it defined more accurately as rock. <laughs> I would absolutely agree with that sentiment because I've listened to the record and it's not like gain. Gain is a good way to put it. Um, it's not as gain heavy, I guess. But it's mm. still certainly a leprous album. It's still certainly a band progressing. However, I feel like in metal and also in progressive music, ironically, there's this thing with the fan base of, that is afraid of change why are people yeah. so afraid of change uh, you know they they grew attached to something and they want to stay and they wanted to stay that way but it's it's a bit stupid as well because you know when when you grow attached to something you grow attached to the, that thing not like a replica of that thing is <laughs> so so the only 
thing you can do as a band uh, at least for us that's the only thing we've ever done is to just like follow our own impulses and, and just develop our sound through time and 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 all, all our changes has been pretty like gradual but still each album has its own very specific touch uh and and that's how we want want it to be but i don't think our fans are that bad because they're used to it they're used to each album sounding different than the previous so i think it's also kind of excite excitement around that thing for for most of our fans um but of course you still have some nostalgic and people that prefers the old stuff but we cannot it. please them anyway <laughs> Uh, on this album, I'm noticing a lot more uh, sort of digital digital sequencing elements, especially on like "Stuck" or "Captive." Uh, what made you guys decide to include some of those? Uh, it's actually everything, all the keyboards and every, all the keys and everything. It's analog stuff this time. It's no, it's not like uh, digital. It's uh, no word for this album. <laughs> Uh, because um, I, I actually didn't use any samples of all the keys there. That's either it's um, either uh, like old school like analog synthesizers, um, or it's Hammond organ uh, with Leslie, or it's uh, Rhodes through amplifier. So it's it's actually. I would say it's like the least digital album we've done in that sense, and and all the effects that we use are analog, uh, uh, almost as well, like except a few, except maybe the vocals. Very cool. Uh, speaking of the vocals, yeah. uh, lyrically in your in your vocals, when you say "I," do you mean you yourself, or are you more of a storyteller in your lyrics? Depends. <clears throat> um, Depends. Uh, it's like at least someone I can relate to that I'm like singing through their something that I can relate to because all the lyrics is, is stuff that, that means something to us. Uh, there are a couple of songs that are not seen from my perspective, but from something happen, that happened in my life, uh, like super private stuff that I don't want to talk about. Of but course. it's uh, at least, uh, yeah, it's um, it, it's never like a very obvious person. It's just like a person that can be me or so, someone else, if you understand what I mean. Yeah, <laughs> it, I understand. It's not a specific person. It's just like uh, there's a lot of struggle in your lyrics and there's a lot of overcoming that struggle also. But just like with uh, some unfortunate stuff going on in music, like I feel like struggle yeah. in lyrics has become more under a microscope. And I don't want to I don't want folks to worry about you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, oh, musicians are whiners. We're, we're like always, always been whining. And that's that's like the main it's much easier for us to, to to write lyrics about what bothers us than what's good, you know. Uh, in general, we're a pretty jolly bunch most of the time. Uh, of course, there is some baggage here and there that that some of us carry, but but in general, we're a pretty like smiling <laughs> bunch of people. Um, but um, um, so to say, it's it's our lyrics are often about like 
something that we're like either struggling with that, or that tragedy that has happened in a life sometime or or most of all actually maybe not on the latest album that much but in general most of all things that sucks about society and that's like <laughs> very typical for rock bands to sing about very true <laughs> Uh, yeah. Is Melina the first record of yours completely devoid of harsh vocals? Because I can't, I also can't really pull any from the congregation. That um, I think about it, off the top of my head. There, it's the first, it's the first record without uh, harsh vocals. Yeah. Uh, are you done was, screaming? There were some, a couple of places. No, I'm not screaming on Melina. But are you done screaming, um, like just in general? Nah, it's just like. I don't want to make like, oh, I'm not going to do that anymore because it's, I feel it's like getting too much attention, that scream, no scream. Uh, I, I think it's a kind of identity thing in metal that like, oh, you're saying goodbye to the scream. So you're like saying goodbye to your metal identity or something like that. But that's, that's not at all how I think about it. It's just like, whatever is natural to the song it's all seen from a musical aspect not like um so so um uh, for me it was just like where the hell would i scream on that album it would just feel like i was doing it only because it was expected and and that's never been our case anyway so um, on the last on the last record on on the congregation, I was screaming at like a couple of places where I thought it was very suitable, but now I didn't feel it was suitable. So it was just like okay, nothing more complicated than that. That's that's a fair thing to to draw a comparison to like Opeth, who got a lot of flack for dropping screaming. I can't yeah. imagine it anywhere on those last few records anyway. And I I agree with yeah. that on Melina. Yeah, exactly. It would even though they yeah. Yeah, exactly. Even though with like Opa, they've they've gone through like a more drastic change than we have musically. I would say they've gone from like ex like progressive extreme metal to being like really uh, retro prog uh, um, sound, uh, and and that's uh, like a much bigger transition. And we've just like gradually found our way more than we've changed. For for change for the change, if you understand. Uh, so um, so um, yeah. Uh, speaking of like slowly changing your sound, uh, your vocals, your clean singing has gotten so much better with each record. Uh, have you been? Thank you, you very do, much. Do you do lessons? Or have, what is your? What are you doing with that? I think actually it's the touring, all the activity with the band. You're getting so conscient on everything you do all the time. Especially we we have that thing that we always analyze what we're doing and feeling ah what could be better. And and it's like a blessing and it's a curse. It's a blessing because then you get better and it's a curse because you're never truly satisfied with what you're doing. Uh, so so. Uh, maybe except like the first couple of months um and um so so it's just like to always analyze what i'm doing and and i'm learning more and more through the time just both as a live vocalist but also as a studio vocalist so i learned a lot in the studio this time and i had to um to take a lot of even more charge than before uh because um david castillo's uh 
producing style and like recording style is that he lets he doesn't give too much feedback which was kind of cool uh, because then i i had to like listen with my own ears and and yeah and actually analyze and not like hoping for someone to say like okay it's good now let's move on because you, you everyone gets lazy after a long day in the studio you're just like ah i want to finish now but instead of just like finishing you just continue until you're actually satisfied with what you've done so so yep it forces you to become yeah. your own worst critic i'm guessing the yes very much very much so uh, like like many musicians and, and composers i'm like sometimes i feel like the world champion other times i feel like the biggest loser there is and, and it's it's a very typical thing for for uh, for people uh, who, who does who do what i do i I'm, i spoke with several other people to that as, about that as well it's like <laughs> it's never like a middle way <laughs> uh if you could trade voices with anybody any musician singer in history who would you trade with i wouldn't trade with anyone uh i want to have my own voice and my own style um I, uh, and I want to love the others from distance. <laughs> that's, that's cool. I like that. That was From the Flame from the new Leprous album, Melina. I'll have more with Einar in a moment, but first, this is my first band. Every musician has to start somewhere, and in this episode, Jake Sinninger of the improg band Umphreys McGee discusses his musical origins. Okay, okay, I think this was like 5th, 6th grade, and a buddy of mine was this fabulous keyboard player. He was like a prodigy, you know, at 8, 9 years old or whatever, and I, and I was a drummer, and we came up with the name Made From Scratch, which is just like awful name, like cliche as possible. <laughs> so he played synthesizer and I played drums and we learned the Beverly Hills Cop movie just came out. <laughs> so, so Axel S, you know, the Axel S. Absolutely. So that was like our big song. I think we learned like two or three songs. We did like uh, Living on a Prayer, Bon Jovi and like, and like actual F theme. Those are like our two songs. <laughs> and I remember we played like this 4th of July park party, like in Niles, Michigan. And it was just a bunch of old people and kids and stuff. And it was, that was our first gig. I think I, I think I still have pictures from that. <laughs> That's pretty incredible. Uh, my very first show, I think we got our biggest cheer because I played the uh, Mexican hat dance on my bass. And every... <laughs> The rest of the time, no one gave gave a shit that we were up there. 
<laughs> go figure you play like the quirky weird thing and then everyone responds you know yeah it was just like there i was everyone else was tuning and i just started playing it and like, yeah all right <laughs> <laughs> that's great some of Miss Tinkle's Overture from the album Anchor Drops by Umphreys McGee. For dates, merch, and all that good shit from Umphreys McGee, head to umphreys.com. Now before I wrap up my chat with Einar from Lepers, here's some of my absolute favorite Lepers song from their album Cole. This is The Valley. How did your relationship with Haken come to be in uh, your appearance on their most recent record? Uh, it was that we, uh, I mean, we we kind of talked a little bit uh, here and there. Like, I think we met them like briefly at Prog Power USA. Was it 2011? I think when we played with Ishan. Um, uh, but that was not. That was just like hello, and then. Nothing more. But, but then we did that UK tour with them. Um, uh, I think they had been to our to our show in London, uh, at least a couple of them, and they they wanted to tour with us, and we, yeah, and we thought they were a cool band too. So, and then we we got became really good friends, and we've been really good friends since. So, and and it was uh, was it uh, Charlie who asked me if I wanted to to. To actually scream on that track, um, it's the first guest screaming I've ever, ever done before. <laughs> and speaking of uh, so, Ishan, you guys are still cool, right? I know the collaborations. Yeah, yeah, very much, very much. I mean, it's it's just like uh, unpractical for for one guy to be dependent on one on one full band that is out playing all the time. Do you feel like ending the collaboration was also helpful in giving lepers their own identity? I mean, 
nah, nah, it, it wasn't I'll be, like I'll be frank we with you, like, ended it. Yeah. I, I know Leprous because of the collaboration initially, and then I fell in love with the band afterwards. And hmm. I, I, I'm probably not alone in that category. No, no, no. There are some people uh, there, uh, definitely, definitely. Um, uh, but it's not everyone. Uh, and, and I think, like, um, it was definitely a very, a very fruitful uh, collaboration for us. Uh, and and it was, we gained a lot from it. And when we started playing with, with him, we were basically no one. So and we had never, like, even played outside of Norway from what I can remember. So it was... Uh, yeah, maybe a couple of shows in Denmark and maybe Sweden, and <laughs> but nothing, nothing big, you know. Uh, so, uh, so when we started playing with him, we became professional band and we took it very seriously, and we rehearsed like a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot to be able to like live up to the expectations from him and from his fans, and it was like time to step up to to the real stage <laughs> not just the local stage um but like and when it ended it was very uncomplicated it was just like he mentioned like okay i guess you guys are gonna be away a lot like you are now but just even more and we're yeah i guess so and and it was like yeah i, I think it's easier for me to just like move on with a different solution and we agreed on that that it was just a matter of time before it would yeah it it would uh, be a problem so um, so um so yeah um but i think um yeah uh in a, in a similar sort of way leprous has gone through a lot of lineup changes over the years how do you guys keep yeah. momentum up i think it's because the core of the the creative core of the band is still there um who has always been like the the main the main creative core has been me and tor and now also uh, board has uh, become a very big part of, of of the creative part of the band um and um i, I mean uh, we've gone through a rough and long path. We, we started in 2001, and we've just been like going since then. Um, like the first, like, and members has been just falling off gradually, and, and the overall reason for that has been just like, how can I spend so much time with a band where I where we earn absolutely nothing and, and it's it's it was just been too difficult for for people to to be a part of that it's just like the last uh, couple of years that lepers has actually started earning real money and it's always been about the passion for us and it still is but uh, i mean <laughs> money makes things easier and it, or to say it makes things possible so so now we have like a different kind of thing. Now it's all on a professional level. It's just like people have obligations, like they would have at, at uh, like in any other job, uh, and it's more serious now. So, yeah. <laughs> so I, I think I think that actually didn't answer your question. How do we keep momentum up? <laughs> um, 
uh, we, I, I think, yeah, as I mentioned, it's because the creative core is there still uh, of the band, which has been me, me and Tor uh, through the through the years mostly, um, and and we've gotten some new blood that who has also contributed a lot with uh, with some new elements and in in the sound and having some new perspective on everything. So. I, for us, it it's worked out fine, and and especially since we changed so often and so much, the biggest change we ever did was Einstein, for sure, because he has been in the band since two thousand and four, so that was a very big change for us. Not not only musically, but also like socially and and the, with the chemistry in the band and everything. He was a very very important part of of who we were, but uh, he just couldn't commit 100% to it so he he decided that it was better to give the spot to somebody who could so yeah doesn't seem like an easy thing to do um, no it was it was terribly hard for him and for us as well but like especially for him he was giving away like a big, big part of his life uh, the problem was that he he has a um, He's working with the IT, uh, like uh, stopping, like making security systems against hacking for for like big companies, and and that's that was like his main thing. And then he also did music, uh, which was also kind of a main thing. But you know, it's impossible to com- to combine two careers like that, uh, especially with an active world. band like Lepros. Yeah, it's a different world, which can be nice actually, but one of them has to get like the full priority. And the problem is that both places were demanding full priority. Uh, so it's not like uh, so. That was the that was the main issue there. Uh, we're still in the best of terms, and he's still like a very close friend. Uh, we whom we talk with, like almost on a daily, not daily, but like weekly basis. So that's good to hear. Yeah. Alrighty, I'm gonna go ahead and start winding us down. Uh, question you may hear a lot from us here in the United States: How's a North American tour on the horizon for you? From you guys? Yeah, absolutely, but nothing, nothing in the plans right now. But it's definitely a, a territory that we want to explore much more, uh, and we want to come back there. That's for sure. Um, if we're allowed in there anymore, that's. <laughs> oh yeah, it's get, it's getting weird over no, here. I, I gotta think, say, I don't, <laughs> I don't think we have any Arabic people in our band, so I think we're gonna be fine. But it's just, it's, it's uh, yeah. I think uh, we'll definitely come to the states uh, again, but uh, it's nothing planned at the moment. If you need help sneaking in somehow around the administration, uh, you've got my Skype. I'll help out the best I can. Uh, awesome man uh, thank you for talking with me today enjoy the rest of your uh, your evening afternoon my time zone thank you very much. is terrible uh, and yeah you have a good rest of your day sir
I can say without hyperbole that Lepers are one of my absolute favorite prog bands, and while their newest album isn't as much as a kick to the teeth as their older material, it is still a fantastic album that is undeniably Leprous. You can and should pick up Melina from Leprous on August 25th from Century Media Records. For more Leprous, head to leprous.net or facebook.com slash leprousband. Finally, I like to end every episode with a recommendation, and in this episode, I am recommending the band Fucked and Bound from Seattle. Fucked and Bound are a hardcore band with some of the folks from the band He Whose Ox is Gored, whom I recommended back on episode 5. The music of Fucked and Bound is an absolute assault, as you're about to hear. From the LP Suffrage, which is yet to be released, here is Abuse of Registry in its entirety.
You can find more from Fucked and Bound on their Instagram at Fucked and Bound Official or the Facebook page of He Who's Oxes Gord. They typically keep you up to date on all the things happening with Fucked and Bound. So as always, I'd like to thank you for listening. If you want to talk to me, you can head over to facebook.com slash farbeyondmetal, email me at farbeyondmetaldan at gmail.com, or I am on Twitter at Ovacord. That's O-V-A-C-O-R-D. And as always, the theme music is Far Beyond Metal from the band Strapping Young Lad from their album The New Black, courtesy of Century Media Records and Devin Townsend himself. Thank you for listening. A Catbox production.